Welcome back to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, whatever else we feel like. Today, we are continuing our journey through the, the very last bits of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Just the Fat Man this time, apparently. Just the Fat Man, yes. <laughs> so we're uh, talking now about the uh, Obi-Wan Anakin storyline here. And it starts with the last conversation we have before this particular storyline begins of the Emperor saying, shut down all the droids. And then as soon as the Emperor signs off on that particular phone call, uh, Padme's ship shows up. Dun, dun, dun. And Anakin runs out, says, what are you doing out here? And Padme's like, I had to come find you. Obi-Wan came to see me. He told me terrible things, that you killed younglings. That you turned to the dark side, that you killed younglings. You know, funny enough, the emotions are like in super overdrive for both the characters, right? Right. This felt somehow less soap opera than the conversation between Obi-Wan and uh, Padme. Somehow. <laughs> well, because like I said, Padme and Obi-Wan didn't have any sort of relationship, no friendship or anything. They just knew each other through Anakin. Yeah. And in particular, I'm sure Obi-Wan has his reservations about Padme because he doesn't know that they're married, but he knows there's something going on there. Yeah. And he knows that's very not Jedi. It's not Jedi, man. Just not Jedi. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, this is just going to screw him up. <laughs> yeah. I know you, you had you had wanted to talk about kind of the twisted thinking going on in Anakin's head during all of this. I remember that being a big part of the first and or second time we tried to record this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was just, you know, how, how it's so funny on how he bends over backwards to justify all of his actions. And because... It, in this particular conversation, all of a sudden he's trying to convince his wife that anything they want to do now, they can do because of him. Yeah. And she's like, okay, but why don't we do this? And he's like, but we don't have to do that. And she's like, but this is what I want us to do. This is the safer thing. This is the nicer thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm fulfilling my destiny. I'm saving you. I'm the greatest guy in the world. So we should do what I say. <laughs> yeah. She's like, why don't you just run away with me? Let's leave all this behind. We can just raise our children in peace. And he's like, Psh, bleep that. <laughs> we could rule the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I'm the big man in charge now. We can overthrow. And that's where, that's the first time you hear the, we can overthrow the chancellor. I'm more powerful than him. Which is the classic Sith line of, oh yeah, I'm more powerful than the guy who taught me. So I'm going to overthrow him. <laughs> yes. That's when you automatically know you're going downhill from there. <laughs> And then he's like, you know, we could rule the galaxy, you and me. And she's like, I'm a senator. I believe in a republic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and, and, you know, part of me is thinking like Anakin, you know, at this point, it, it has to be in just total not thinking things through mode. Because how do you convince the person you love, your wife, that you did these ultra terrible things and these things that she wouldn't have been okay with in order to save her? Because if you're like, hey, Padme, this child's going to die or you, she's going to be like, well, kill me, right? Because that's the kind of person she is. But he makes the decision to kill a right. whole bunch of children. 
because <laughs> well, he's so convinced of his own superiority that she doesn't know what's the right thing for them. Yeah. Because remember, there's nothing here that cannot that that, that happens that cannot involve him. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, no, no, you don't know what you want. <laughs> so this is he's he starts turning into uh, that abusive husband type yes. figure. <laughs> you know that no, 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 everything I'm doing is right. You don't understand. I'm going to make you understand. R2 in the background being all like, I told you this was going to happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> told you not to go in there. <sighs> yeah. When it's clear that she's not going with the plan, all of a sudden he's like, well, I don't want to ever hear you talk about Obi-Wan again. And the Jedi turned against me. Don't you dare turn against me too. It's like, Oh, so suddenly this thing that you were doing to save the woman you love, suddenly this woman that you love is becoming a threat to you. Right. She's saying, I can't, I, you're going down a dark path and I can't follow. You're breaking my heart. And he's like, Obi-Wan turned his back on me. The Jedi turned her back on me. Don't do the same. You know, she says, you know, you're going down a path I can't follow. And then he looks over and sees Obi-Wan standing on the uh, the ramp to the ship. And he's like, oh, you brought him here to destroy me. And she's like, well, I didn't even know he was there in the first place. So his immediate response to seeing Obi-Wan was to choke his wife <laughs> with yes. the Force. Uh, you're in league with him. Uh, obviously, you're both in league to betray me. And you've been working together this whole time. Which in this astounding reach of logic. <laughs> yeah, so where did that come from? <laughs> like you went really far to get there, bucko. <laughs> and then goes all Ike Turner and decides to force choke his, his pregnant wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is just sort of like, well, I guess that's where you end up. <laughs> now that I'm completely steeped in all of the lies and the killings, I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> And so, you know, Obi-Wan starts walking down the ramp and he's like, okay, so now I got to interject. And, and so immediately the first thing that, that Anakin says is, you turned her against me. That's yes. why I did that, because you turned her against me. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't choke your wife. You choked your wife. <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk about Obi-Wan's entrance into the situation. When I first saw the movie... I thought he came in too early, that there was still a shot that the conversation between Anakin and Padme was going to go a different way. There was still stuff going on there. You know, Anakin was at a crux moment and then, you know, Obi-Wan showing up when he did made it so that, okay, he's going to go down that crazy, like he, oh, you picked the crazy option. (laughs) (laughs) And Obi-Wan being there kind of pushed him over the edge and if Obi-Wan hadn't shown up at that moment then the conversation may have turned out differently, mm-hmm. which I, I, I kind of want to get your take on that. Like, cause I, I still kind of feel like it was at that point, you know, he shows up when Obi-Wan comes up in the conversation between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially it was just bad timing. Like if he, if he had revealed that he was on the ship when she had first landed, but before she left the ship, could have been a completely different outcome as well. Yeah. They could have justified his being there and it could have been a different conversation altogether. Or even let's, let's say it doesn't go well and mm-hmm. uh, Anakin still ends up, you know, choking Padme. Then he comes out mm-hmm. like, okay, I have to stop this. Cause now you're killing somebody in front of me. Right. <laughs> so I, I think Obi-Wan handles this terribly. 
to be fair, he didn't want to be there in the first place. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I really don't want to do this. Kill your best friend, but I don't want to. <laughs> and he's dealing with emotions and things that he really didn't think he'd have to deal with to begin with, that he's never had to really deal with as a Jedi. Certainly not his best friend falling to the dark side. Yep. If we subscribe that the Clone Wars cartoons part of the canon, then he's dealt with love, but he still dealt it with it like a Jedi and whatnot, but that's a different story. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, it was just bad timing. And from a story standpoint, it's your classic now enter at the wrong moment, the hero. <laughs> yes. It just seems like I'm going to say from, I'd say like Mace Windu telling Anakin to stay there and wait for them. Mm-hmm. I think from that decision right there onward, there is no good decision made by a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just, we constantly fumble the ball. <laughs> and oops, nope, I passed. I gave an interception on that pass. Like it's, <laughs> you're just not any good at doing it, the decisioning. And I don't know if that speaks to like how the Jedi are in general. Or if this was like, no, this was you guys' time to bleep everything up. (laughs) Well, I think what it does is it shows them being victims of circumstance. Yeah. Because to begin with, they were already spread thin. Mace Windu said, we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. You know, we can't fight a war for you. Except they were pressed into service into doing that. (laughs) Right. It all kind of speaks back to um, Palpatine's ability to manipulate the situation to the point where he couldn't lose. Right. No matter how this went down, unless he died... He was going to win this. (laughs) Right. But ultimately, what happens at that point is the Jedi stop being theologians and the philosophers that they are about the galaxy and start focusing on managing a war. They're trying to balance two worlds and they're having to do it on the fly with all these things changing. So essentially what Palpatine did was overwhelm them out of their comfort zone and then took advantage of no matter which way the wind was blowing. Because he's good at that. Right. He's unbalanced the situation because that's... I mean, ultimately, that's kind of one of the central focuses of the Jedi religion or whatever you want to call it, or philosophy, is balance. Mm-hmm. I would say on the flip side of that, I think one of the key things that you're trying to do as a Sith, whether or not it's part of your philosophy, you're trying to unbalance the situation. Right. And it's like in uh, Game of Thrones, a one character, Littlefinger, he has the catchphrase, maybe he only says it once, but it kind of enumerates how his thinking is and that's uh, chaos can be very profitable. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the Sith operate. Mm-hmm. They're always trying to put the balance off. And I think when you have an organization that's been on balance for, what is it, a thousand generations? 10,000 years? <laughs> or something? It's a sort of artificial Darwinism kind of thing. Like, if you're truly as great as you think you are, then when I do this in this situation, whoever stands up on top is the best. <laughs> so, you know, you have this this giant boulder, right? And it's balanced. And you, you push on it. And you, you can't get it to tip over unless you push enough of it over. Mm-hmm. And so that's effectively, I think, what putting the Jedi to war did was it got them out of the space that they were in into this other space and that lets you topple the whole thing right going back to where this all started the reason why we were talking about this about why obi-wan made that bad decision it was just because at this point they are so far from their ability to focus and to feel out the universe and the right and the wrong because they were trying to keep the peace on such a large scale 
that what would probably have been an easily uh, solvable situation got out of hand. Because, I mean, you think about the episode two Obi-Wan's detectiving, you think about Jedi's being able to read situations, read people, and feel things out, and, and to de-escalate situations. And this is like the exact opposite of what Obi-Wan does here. He, he steps in at the exact wrong moment to escalate the situation as far t- to terrible as possible. Right. So continuing arguing with that argument, Anakin says, you turned her against me. And he's like, no, you, you did that yourself. You're the one that just choked your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the same stroke, like, right, as soon as yeah, Obi-Wan says that, Anakin goes back to, you're not going to take her from me. <laughs> and it's like, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, so your wife wow. is lying there unconscious because you just choked her and you expect her to stay with you. And that, you know, that it was all going to be cool so long as Obi-Wan just goes away. <laughs> yep. Believe in your own lies at this point, pal. <laughs> <laughs> the acrobatics involved are, are hilarious. <laughs> Mental acrobatics. I'm not the bad guy. Um, right. <laughs> so let's tell you where you're wrong on that one. <laughs> so what I wanted to bring up about this particular conversation, what I was amazed that didn't come up in this conversation in trying to get through to Anakin about why what he was doing was wrong was ultimately nobody ever talked about Qui-Gon Jinn to him. Okay. I mean, think about it. Qui-Gon Jinn was the guy that took him out of poverty, took him out of slavery, saw the potential in him, saw him as being the one and where he was going to go. And no one's reminding Anakin of that fact that Qui-Gon Jinn believed in him. And this was certainly not what Qui-Gon Jinn would have wanted. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to the Duel of the Fates, And if you want to see the Dave Filoni expound on this, um, go watch the Mandalorian, the making of the Mandalorian, the Star Wars gallery Uh on um, Disney Plus. But I want to say it's like episode three or four. Filoni kind of lays it all out that the duel of the fates fight between Qui-Gon and uh, Obi-Wan and um, Darth Maul is ultimately going to determine Anakin's upbringing. Because Qui-Gon is a father. You know, Anakin doesn't have a father, right? Right. Never had a father. So Qui-Gon becomes Anakin's de facto father figure. Like, period. The guy who saved him, brought him in the Jedi Order, uh, living force kind of a guy. And his death in the Duel of the Fates effectively leaves him fatherless. So he's motherless and now he's fatherless. And Obi-Wan, you know, being a good guy... It's kind of like the older brother trying to step in to raise his older or to raise his younger brother. Uh-huh. And so the father figure changes from being Qui-Gon to Palpatine. And so Palpatine becomes Anakin's father figure. That fight in that movie is the end part of that is playing out right now where we see the two brothers having it out because one was left by Qui-Gon Jinn kind of at the very tail end of his training, but probably not. Like you can tell Obi-Wan still maybe had some formation to go. Well, and Yoda says as much, but Qui-Gon's dead and then, and Palpatine. And so that's kind of what you got. Well, you know, but the interesting part about that is, and we never 
see it really happen, even in the cartoons, is that Palpatine really wasn't there. Like Obi-Wan was there the whole time. And Obi-Wan was the heir for Qui-Gon. You know, he was the, the guy that Qui-Gon pointed to to say, you take care of him now. And so that's why it's funny to me that it's never brought up at all, because this whole thing started with Qui-Gon Jinn believing in this boy and what he could do. And no one's bringing up that fact. I would think that the ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn, the, the thought uh, and what he represents, would be an impactful part to the story. Right, are you talking about in this? Well, I'm saying into, you know, into the psyche of, of Anakin. But the problem is he didn't have enough time. Like, there just wasn't enough time with Qui-Gon. And, you know, he's only, what, five, eight? I, I don't remember his age. <laughs> How old he's supposed to be. But there just wasn't enough time with Qui-Gon to get... How much time do you need for the guy who literally saved you from a life of slavery? I think that piece of it is kind of what comes back around in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. That piece of it makes its return in Vader's mind as he's watching his own son being tortured to death <laughs> and and kicking in take wait a minute this emperor guy's not actually a good guy <laughs> but you know at this stage in the game palpatine is not only father figure to anakin he's also stepped in as like savior and also freer right because the the thing between anakin and uh padme is illegal right not supposed to be Right. That's supposed to be there. And now that they have their empire, they can make their own rules. So Palpatine has now become, and and also in his own mind, has become a liberator. Because in Anakin's mind, one of the huge problems is the Jedi Order doesn't let people get, Jedi get married. And now, now he's liberated from that. Well, there's a certain irony to that, too, because in a real sense, Palpatine murdered his in fact, liberator by sending Maul. Wait, okay. Say that again? So Palpatine sent Maul to go kill Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and to force Padme's hand in the whole thing that happens in in episode one. Mm -hmm. So in a real sense, Palpatine murdered his very real, very literal liberator. Yes, but Anakin doesn't know that, right? How could that connection not be made and that argument not be made? Well, I mean, you know, he's Anakin. Well, no, but I'm saying no one gave him that argument is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Anakin's all in on this because he's like, oh, Palpatine understands me. Palpatine knows the real way. You know, he's giving me the ability, the powers and this, that and the other thing. But we know that's not true and that there are better reasons for him not to go down this way. And no one's given him those reasons. See, that's another failing in the conversation that Qui-Gon has, you know, where they circle each other. Right. Uh And all Obi-Wan is doing is reacting Somewhat badly to everything Anakin says. Right. Completely unable to de-escalate or or not even really trying. It's more of he's doing it emotionlessly. There's no emotion what he's saying. It's just all facts. Like what you did was because of what you did. It wasn't anything anybody else did, which is true, but it doesn't help in an emotional situation because it's it's a cold fact. Yeah. And that, you know, his allegiance is to the Republic and to democracy. Right. To which you swore an oath to. Again, true, but if Anakin really cared, he wouldn't have gone down this way to begin with. Right. <laughs> There's a certain funny part to this where Anakin says to him, don't make me kill you. And you're like, you were going to do that 
anyways. Like, nobody was going to believe that you were going to just let Obi-Wan just walk away. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe Padme, and she's unconscious right now, so there's no one there to make that argument. <laughs> yeah, you're already kind of committed to this. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the, the comment, you know, if you're not with me, then you're against me. And then the equally stupid response of, only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Yeah, that was like a political meme for... 10 years <laughs> every time any politician made any kind of absolute statement that came up it, it didn't matter whose side or what <laughs> killing human beings is wrong only a Sith <laughs> means in absolutes I, oh. <laughs> and then the, the fight breaks out it's very rapid it's very well choreographed very intense and passionate. There's a, a shot at the end of that first section of fight that really kind of makes you wonder how Yoda was fighting versus, like, say, Obi-Wan. Because at the end of that clip, Anakin kicks Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan does a flip back and lands on his feet. Mm-hmm. So his reactions are so good that when he gets kicked back, he can still land on his feet. And you got to think, with as much jumping and acrobatics as Yoda has, Yoda really doesn't do that that well in his fight. Yeah, it's kind of strange. And, you know, it's part of the amazing choreography of the fight and just the fluid motion of it and the physicality of it. Like, it's not just too light hitting each other all the time. You just get this feeling that they're really trying to kill each other. (laughs) You don't get the same intensity out of the Yoda Emperor fight. And looking at the two fights, when you look at this one and then you cut to the Yoda Emperor fight, it makes you feel like Yoda is distracted. Right. And when we talked about that earlier, when he's jumping from platform to platform and, and the Emperor's throwing them at him and he keeps jumping and then turning his lightsaber on and putting it back and, and you're just like, are you, is your head not in the game here? <laughs> like, I thought you needed to defeat this guy and it's like you're not even paying full attention to the fight. But then when you get to the the Anakin Obi Wan fight, it's full in, hundred percent, and they don't even notice like the crap that's going on around them. Right, and it becomes more and more evident as you get into the fight because of the location change. And I got a little bit of a speculation as to the intensity of it, and it's two different intensities. I think one is, is from Anakin's perspective, I'm killing my enemy. This has to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I think with Obi Wan, it's more of he's willing himself to do something that he really doesn't want to do. The faster he can do this, and the less thought. He he can do about it and the more intensely he can do it the whole idea of pulling off a band-aid or basically chopping your arm off essentially yeah. it's going to suck no matter what you do but the faster you get through it the easier it's going to be yeah you'll be on the, the other side of it and you can work on getting over it right and then once you take that stance and you start the fight then the more resistance you encounter, the more it makes you pissed off because you're just trying to get this done with and the other guy's not playing along. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's an overly emotional fight because it's not just like yeah. I'm angry at the other person. There's a frustration at the situation. There's a frustration at how the fight is playing out. There's just so much built into it. And it's very, it's very well portrayed by the actors. They did mm-hmm. an amazing job with the fight and the choreography. Now, one of the tactical things I'll point out that I thought was uh, a little amiss was there's the scene in the second clip of fighting of Anakin and Obi-Wan where Anakin's holding Obi-Wan's own lightsaber to him, mm-hmm. like trying to push down on him to cut himself with his own saber. And at that point, it's like, why don't you just turn the saber off? Yeah. Like if you're Obi-Wan, <laughs> it's like, just turn it off and he'll swipe with nothing but air. Yeah. <laughs> but instead he kicks and it goes on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's always those question marks about lightsaber fighting when you get into situations where it's like the guy's going to kill you with your own lightsaber. I'm like, just 
Just let go of the button. <laughs> this isn't a sword. <laughs> and then in the same scene, they're kicking each other and they're going back and forth and they both lose their sabers. But Obi-Wan gets his first. And of course, like any dumb in a sword fight in a movie, he decides to take the over swing as like the death blow instead of just doing the quick swing. Because it, again, like you were saying, it's a lightsaber. You, you don't have to be that particularly strong. You don't have to use that much muscle right. to use it. You just go whack. Yeah. I just, I saw that and I'm like, why did you do the over swing? You could have just cut down and it would have been done. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're letting your emotions get the better of you here. <laughs> <laughs> so we move from the landing pad into the room where all the dead separatists are. Right. So we have the amazing fight kind of in and around the table where they're they move on to the table and then they move off of it. Basically one gets kicked off and he jumps back on and then they have the force push battle which is pretty cool. And much like the force lightning battle the pure energy involved throws them both against each other. <laughs> yep. They both come back to it. Well, Anakin tries to jump on top of Obi-Wan and in the process of cutting into the console, takes the heat shield off the, the building that they're on. So now the lava plant is slowly going to take over the whole facility. It's specifically the heat shield over the parts that are being built for the Death Star that are over the lava flow, literally hanging out over there, <laughs> which, of course, they then move the battle outside and then onto one of those. Yes. With the alarms blaring in the background the whole time. <laughs> Again, that does a really good job of conveying the intensity of the emotions involved in the flight and just how quick thinking they are about a single task yeah. and how to keep it going. <laughs> Cause like they're ignoring everything else other than what is needed to make sure that they have the upper hand in the fight. That's right. Is this thing going to kill me right now? No, then I don't care about it. <laughs> I will care about, it. Oh, it's about to kill me. I'll care about it now. <laughs> like when it, the lava splashes up and then they kind of hide and then they come back out and start fighting again. And then it, you know, melts through the metal, the whole structure falls into the lava flow. And then they're trying to climb up for their lives and they get on the swinging ropes, cables, and even on the ropes and cables, they're trying to take swings at each other. Right. <laughs> the they're, they're doing the whole pirate ship thing, you know, they're swinging from the line to coming at each other, you know? Yeah. I think it was here, and I wanted to bring this up with the, the Yoda-Palpatine fight, is at the end of that fight, Palpatine goes, because uh, they're like, oh, you know, if there's no body, Yoda's still alive, find him. Uh, and then Palpatine turns to his deacon and goes, tell Captain Kagi to prepare my shuttle. I sense that Lord Vader's in great danger, mm-hmm. which is funny because just at the start of that battle, he's like, oh, my apprentice Darth Vader is more powerful than either of us. And it's like, well, if he's more powerful than you, then why is he in danger? <laughs> somebody was lying to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was all in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just trash talk, but <laughs> And so it's on the it's on the floating like a piece of the Death Star where Obi-Wan notices, hey, there's a lava fall ahead because it's not a waterfall (laughs) it's a lava fall (laughs) and he kind of times things and he's able to jump off of it in such a way that he knows that anakin is kind of one-minded at this point and he's not seeing this coming so he's like okay well maybe i'll just let him go over the lava flow and then i don't have to kill my own friend at arm's length like he dies because he made bad choices that's a better way to go and he jumps off and then of course anakin finds a way to get off and (laughs) <laughs> and jumps on that tiny little poor robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the one that was designed to be near lava? <laughs> so that, yeah, he's holding the, the cup of lava and then he gets jumped on by Anakin and he's slinking in. He's like, holy <laughs> <laughs> he drops the cup. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, pops back up. 
And then they're they're sort of looking at each other over the lava. And is this this is the point at which Obi Wan says, "I failed you, I failed you, Anakin." And it's one of those acceptance moments, you know, acceptance of what's happening and going, this is how this is going to end. And this is my part that I play in it. Yeah. I tried to be Qui-Gon Jinn. I was not. And uh, you ended up like this. And I can't remember what Anakin's response is. I think it's like, I should have known the Jedi were plotting to take over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't even follow from what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in a vain attempt, he goes, you got to see that Palpatine's evil. And he goes, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. It's like, well, you mean the Jedi, the ones that trained you, that gave you a home, that gave you a purpose, that set you free. Those are the evil ones. <laughs> yeah. Not the guy who's asking you to kill your best friends and everybody else you know, including children. <laughs> and that's the thing that's kind of stuck in, in Anakin's head is that, uh, you know, the Jedi have been holding me back from my full relationship with Padme. And so they're evil, even though, you know, Padme, as far as he knows, is, is dead. <laughs> even the children are evil. Yes. Like, like you, you have to come back to that because it's like the amount of conviction you have to have to say that this is the right thing to do, which includes killing children. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the kind of twistedness we're at here. <laughs> I think it's at that moment that Obi-Wan just mentally realizes there's no saving it because he goes, then you are lost. <laughs> yeah, you are truly lost. And then there's like the showdown. This is the end for you my master it's like ah that's pretty optimistic considering the entire events that have played out so far <laughs> he jumps on the little the, the tiny little platform <laughs> and they they get the sword fight in there uh, which is pretty intense and pretty close but pretty ridiculous too considering i don't know if you've ever been near lava but it's pretty hot even being a few <laughs> few feet from it yes <laughs> yes i don't know if you know this either but heat rises right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're literally over a river of lava and so uh, as close as they were their clothes probably should have caught fire <laughs> i mean that happens later well, what if it's made out of flame retardant material <laughs> <sighs> okay fine I've, i'm just saying I mean, is this space man space <laughs> <laughs> In talking to this, I just kind of realized one other thing, too, is it's at this moment, I think you see Obi-Wan come back to being a Jedi because he has the forethought enough and the f mental focus to jump away from the situation. Because like a Sith wouldn't have backed off, wouldn't have tried to get that air quotes higher ground. He would have stuck at it, right? Yeah. But Obi-Wan's like, this isn't the smart thing to do. I'm going to back up and get a better position. Right. I'm going to think about what's the best move I can make in this situation. Right. Uh -huh. Gain the high ground and not fight over a river of lava. <laughs> <laughs> right. And again, Obi-Wan tells him, it's done. I've got the high ground. And intrusive fashion, Anakin's like, oh, you don't believe in me. You don't believe in my power. And Obi-Wan's like, listen, kid, I'm giving you a chance. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Jedi again. I'm not your master anymore, but I'm a Jedi. Don't do it, man. I'm giving you a fair shot. <laughs> and so, of course, Anakin ignores it and gets three of his limbs chopped off. <laughs> yes. Rapid succession. <laughs> Actually, the other three limbs that weren't before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now they're all robot limbs. <laughs> Obi-Wan, the limb taker. The limb taker. So, Obi-Wan, uh, what's the most limbs you've ever taken in one setting? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what was that? Well, he had to kill his apprentice one time and he took three of his limbs. Oh, Oh, snap. I should have asked him that question. 
You think? <laughs> and then comes what I think is probably, to me, the most emotionally impactful moment in the prequel movies is Obi-Wan saying, you were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them, bring balance to the Force. All of that. Not leave it in ruins. Right. It's that heartfelt, you know, he goes, you were my brother and I loved you. And it's that totaling of emotion of you forced me to be this person and to force me into the situation. I tried to walk away. I tried to do everything in my power not to be here. And you still forced my hand to be here and to do what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. So you want to watch this and then because this movie goes into episode four, you have the scene where Luke has his first conversation with Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan's describing Darth Vader. And you you think back to this, like what he's yelling at Anakin right now. And then what he says about Vader later, it's very similar. <laughs> like it's very much like, oh, he's like, he, you can kind of see it on, on Obi-Wan's face that he's remembering this. Right. He goes, you know, he was the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy and a good friend. And you know that that was in a tremendous understatement. But that's all he could say without having to give him the details that he doesn't want to give him. <laughs> yeah. From a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Part of this sort of belies Obi-Wan's, I don't want to call it naivety, as far as what the purpose of the chosen one was and what the Jedi order had become mm -hmm. and the reality that the chosen one was effectively put in play by the force, by fate to knock the Jedi out of what had become, you know, the sort of slump towards awfulness, mm -hmm. the sort of prideful, we're the best. We know the best course. We, we know everything. I wouldn't say awfulness. I would say corruption. Yeah. Not that they would have fallen to the dark side, but that their philosophy wouldn't have played out as well. It would have been corrupted and that the things that they would do would change because of that corruption. Had they gone on. You know, Anakin, I think, was meant as a correction and the way the correction ended up playing out over the course was that, okay, we have to sort of wipe the slate clean. And Obi-Wan is still sort of dug in, you know, fingers and heels into the notion that you were supposed to do this. Uh -huh. And I can't believe you turned out, that, you know, this other way. Uh -huh. It kind of points to the fact that Obi-Wan, you know, that was kind of the, the primary difference between Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon is where Qui-Gon... Yeah, what we call a questioning attitude. He he didn't necessarily think the Jedi were doing everything right, whereas Obi-Wan was very much through the series a child of the Jedi. Right. He sort of indoctrinated heart and soul into it. Right. You could honestly say that he was never corrupted by the things that happened around him. He was one of those lucky, protected people, you know? Yeah. He was never subjugated to those things that would have corrupted him. Right. He kind of had rose-colored shades yeah. when it came to the order, which I think caused a lot of the, the thinking problems that probably Anakin had about the order because Anakin didn't necessarily have those shades, right? Right. He's not indoctrinated in the order at the early age that most kids are. He gets his very first little bit of training from Qui-Gon, which is kind of set askewed. And then after that, he's being mentored by Palpatine. It's sort of a set of viewpoints that comes into a direct conflict from Anakin's position. Obi-Wan sort of has this slavish devotion to the Jedi, 
Whereas Anakin is like, no, no, the Jedi, you know, for most of his career, it's like, these, this is just the best way to go. Like, it's not necessarily that these guys are right. It's just this, they are what they are and they've had a good track run and, and, you know, they've taught me good things and they're good, but Obi-Wan can't seem to see the whole picture. Well, neither can Anakin though, either. Oh no, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to say, and he's got some huge insight either. He's, he's got his own problems. (laughs) Well, Anakin's definitely very much about himself, about what he wants. Yes. Even when he was talking about freeing his mother, I think he meant that more of, I'm going to create the abilities for myself and I will have that power to do these things. Because that's why he's able to turn a blind eye to all the things that Palpatine did to put him in this position. Right. I'm going to give you a chance here to say, see, I told you this doesn't make sense. Because right after Obi-Wan says, I loved you, you see the heat from the lava flow catch Anakin's clothes on fire. Right, yes. Finally, we get the, <laughs> we get the actual physics of lava <laughs> finally come into play and it catches him on, on fire. fire. Which is, explains why he has to be put into the suit that if you didn't know he was going to, then you're probably listening to the wrong podcast to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not even going to bother to say spoiler alert because at this point... <laughs> yeah, and I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but this is my problem with this. Okay, right? So they don't catch on fire even when Anakin gets like a couple inches away from the lava flow because he's standing on that robot, right? <laughs> and they don't catch on fire when they're standing on that platform. When they're like a foot away, he doesn't catch on fire immediately, (laughs) (laughs) but he does eventually catch on fire. And then he slowly drifts down towards the lava, right? Uh, When the emperor comes to get him, he's slowly crawling up. But as he's crawling up, he's already not on fire anymore. (laughs) He's obviously not stopped, dropped and rolled. (laughs) Right. Like he's in pretty much the same spot. So did the fire just say, eh, no, I I had a good run. I'm done. You know, we burned a lot of stuff here. I know there's still a lot here to burn, but I'm good. (laughs) What put the fire out? (laughs) It's... (laughs) and see that's the thing about lava it's molten rock like people say like lord of the rings like smeagol or uh golem falls into the lava right mount doom Mm -hmm. and what we see in the movie you know spoiler alert um (laughs) sorry if you haven't read the lord of the rings or seen the movies by now again wrong podcast (laughs) you see golem melt into the or not melt but he falls into it like falling into water right Right. Like he hits and goes down and the ring stays on top for a little bit and then melts in, right? Well, that's not what would happen (laughs) because people are less dense than the lava. And if you know anything about how stuff floats, (laughs) the the less dense stuff floats. So if you drop a body on a river of lava, the body is going to sit on top of that river and burn. (laughs) Super terrible to witness. But probably coolest Viking funeral ever. Like, <laughs> those are your only options there. So, yeah, lava is hot. Just <laughs> why the floor is lava is a great show. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> so then after that, Obi-Wan walks back to Padme's ship and 3 is like, we got to hurry. <laughs> In his most, you know, Captain Obvious thing. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I got Padme on board somehow. So, I mean, this is where like CPO th- somehow proves that he's worthwhile because he got Padme on board the ship. He somehow <laughs> is either able to bend down or kneel down. <laughs> yes. Exactly. How did you pick her up? Well, we're not going to. Like all those times that uh, our duty to climb stairs, we're just not going to show that. <laughs> 
And so when Obi-Wan gets on board, he goes to Padme and she's like, oh, is Anakin all right? And he's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to you for joining us for another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. Remember to like and share and and tell everybody about our website, patandthefatman.com and and our podcast, Pat and the Fat Man. And uh, if you so choose and would like to support us, become a patron um, on Patreon. And you can get to the link from our website or just go to patreon.com and uh, search for Pat and the Fat Man. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. May the force be with you. I have no idea how computers work. They just, you know, do whatever I want. They're basically magic. (laughs) That is how computers work.